When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. You know, I've been very anti-Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Very anti. You have, you have. And I've been very pro-Philadelphia with the Eagles, even though I think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl, that I think the Eagles just finding ways to win is awesome. Buffalo over Philly this week. I can't believe I'm doing that after Philly beat Kansas City this past week. Buffalo over Philly. Okay. Welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Of course, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you, yeah, what a surprise. I got a prediction wrong. Like, that's never happened before. <laughs> you know what? I got to be honest. I was thinking about the Canty can't lose because CC does predictions a lot of times that either way he wins, right? Either he's going to be right with the prediction or really what his overall take is is right for the season in that moment. I had a Canty can't lose yesterday because I'm very anti-Bills, except Chris – I'm not Canty, you are. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's still well played, though. I mean, that was a heck of a game between the Bills and the Eagles. I mean, that's up there in contention for game of the years, the way that those two teams went back and forth. It felt like I was watching a heavyweight fight. I couldn't believe it when I was watching MVP caliber quarterback play from both Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. It was the first game in NFL history where you had both quarterbacks have multiple passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. It was only fitting that it ended in overtime after both teams had a chance to possess the ball. It was a hell of a game, and it was fun to watch. Absolutely, and it was one of the games of the year for sure. Didn't it kind of feel, guys, like a last gasp or a last stand for the Buffalo Bills as far as the season is concerned? You know, they fire their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. Things certainly aren't looking the way they expected. They have a bit of a bounce back after that happens. Josh Allen plays an unbelievable game, gets his team in a position to win. The Eagles have that unbelievable field goal at the end. But I just felt going into overtime – Jalen Hurts is going to be more composed. Jalen Hurts is not a guy that loses in situations like this, and unfortunately, Josh Allen is. So even though it was a, a great performance by the Buffalo Bills, once it got to overtime, I just I had a feeling that Philadelphia was going to take it home, and they did. Well, Philadelphia does beat Buffalo yesterday, 37-34 in overtime, and Josh Allen is 0-6 in overtime yep. in his career. 0-6 in overtime. So and, even after they changed the rules because of what happened in overtime in 2021 in Kansas City with Josh Allen and the Bills, he still can't win in overtime. Got yeah, it. yeah. Okay, I think you you just nailed that. Okay, got it. Okay, right, so, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so I got to ask this question. Is Josh Allen really good or really bad? And what I mean by that is we know he's not actually a bad quarterback. What I'm saying is, like, there are sometimes you watch this guy and you're like, boy, he is so good. And they've simplified the offense a little bit, right? He's running the football more, as CeCe just mentioned. He's throwing the ball to the tight end. He's throwing the ball to the running back out of the backfield. Like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. 
But then at 24-21, he's got the lead and he throws an interception, which is the turning point of the game. And Jalen Hurts leads his team right back down. He had one point where he had three touchdowns and four um, pass attempts. And then in overtime, he and Gabe Davis have this awful miscommunication. And they could have won the game on their first drive of overtime. And it's like he's the reason they're in these games, but he's also the reason they're out of these games. Yeah, that's the part that's inexplicable and inexcusable for me. When you have a double-digit lead on the road in the second half, you got to protect it. And with Josh Allen, sometimes he has trouble taking the layups. And Tony Romo and Tim Jim Nance did a great job of pointing that out in yesterday's game. There were some throws that Josh Allen's got to make, even though in one situation they were in plus territory, it, it wouldn't have converted for a first down. It would have moved them closer for a field goal opportunity. And so those are the things that Josh Allen has to be aware of, of all – at all times, and it just feels like regardless of who's calling the plays, there are too many lapses when it comes to his mental focus and being able to execute and manage the game. We get so enamored with the talent, with the ability, and rightfully so because there are some throws that are just lasers out there, and I'm thinking about the Steph Diggs touchdown pass when he was right on the goal line. Like, that's an absolute shot in between three defenders. There are only a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL that can make that throw, and Josh Allen's one of them. But unfortunately, it's the interception at the beginning of the fourth quarter that becomes the defining moment because that's when the Eagles took the lead in that game. And so even though they were able to force overtime, you had an opportunity to put that game away and not give the Eagles any life, especially an Eagles team that's quarterbacked by Jalen Hurts, an MVP caliber guy. You you can't give them any oxygen, and unfortunately Josh Allen did that while making a consequential mistake at the most inopportune time. Yeah, the the key word for me is composure, that when it comes down to it, one of these two guys has it when the other one doesn't. Josh Allen could be flawless the entire game, but to your point, Evan, when it comes down to a big critical moment like we saw in overtime, you kind of expect there to be a miscue. You You, can set your watch to it, Smalls. Eight in a row! Eight games in a row, guys, that he's thrown an interception. Smalls, go ahead. Absolutely. Eight, Eight in a row so you can set your watch to it it's confirmation bias of what we know Josh Allen to be in those big moments and conversely Jalen Hurts has won five consecutive starts when trailing by double digits Mm. five consecutive starts when trailing by double digits so you know that you cannot give him an inch because he has the composure needed to in that big moment step up and quite literally run his team to a victory So I put up there in the Dr. Pepper inbox, and you guys can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation, Dr. Pepper inbox at Unsports ESPN, at Evco Radio, at Chris Canty 99, at M. Smallman, and of course on the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. I put up there, Josh Allen is the reason the Bills are always in it or are always out of it. How would you answer that, CeCe? Man... (laughs) Is there I mean, a, I, I is guess there the answer would be yes. yes. <laughs> the, the answer would be yes. Like, I mean, listen, he, he he's a special talent. Nobody is taking that away from him. But the only question is if that talent is not translating to your team, being able to have sustained success and compete for championships, then what does it mean? Josh Allen is one of those players that's just good enough to get a coach fired. He's already got his offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, fired, and he's working on getting Sean McDermott fired. Right now, they're in the 10th spot when it comes to the playoff standings in the AFC, if they had won, given how everything broke yesterday, they would be in seventh today and in control of their own destiny. But now they need help from several teams that are in front of them in order to get into the playoffs. So that that's the part for Buffalo that's got to be a little bit scary. And They've got their bye week, so an opportunity to regroup. 
But it doesn't get easy after the bye week because you got the Dallas Cowboys and you got the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's in Arrowhead. So good luck with that in terms of being able to make a playoff push. We've already talked about it. In the AFC, you know, you, you probably might have a chance with nine if you got tiebreakers, but in order to give yourself a guaranteed spot, you probably need 10 wins. I have a hard time seeing the Buffalo Bills get to 10 wins. So that's the state of affairs with Buffalo right now. And at the end of this, with all of the turnovers that we've seen from Josh Allen, with this team having eight straight games with turnovers and Josh Allen having eight straight games with interceptions, it's hard to wonder how those giveaways might have impacted their chances of being able to get into the playoffs and might impact the long-term future of Sean McDermott. Josh Allen, what was the question? Josh Allen is the reason that the Bills are always in it or always out of it? Yeah. That might be the most difficult question. We have to answer this entire NFL season. I keep saying that he's the Well, that's big- why CC said yes. I know. Right. I, keep, I keep saying that he's the biggest enigma in the NFL, and the Buffalo Bills are the biggest question mark in the NFL precisely because of this poll. This question right here boils it down very concisely to why the Buffalo Bills are in the current position that they are. And Josh Allen really is a rare talent I mean when he is right there is there are few people in the NFL that you would want to have the ball more than him but you also know that it's coming you're like bracing yourself for impact that something is going to go wrong at some point and it's likely going to be because of a miscue that he had and if it's not Ken Dorsey's fault and well or if Ken Dorsey the offensive coordinator he gets fired and it persists if for some reason, Sean McDermott gets fired and it persists. You kind of have to wonder if you're the Bills, if we're ever going to be able to get over a certain hump, if this is just a character trait of Josh Allen as a quarterback. I think he's going to end up being the last man standing there. Like, he already got Dorsey fired, as CeCe mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's the what, what was the exact wording, CeCe? He's the kind of quarterback that gets his head coach fired? Yeah, he's, he's just good <laughs> enough to get somebody fired. Just good enough to get somebody because, because fired. Because you're Thank always you. going to be enamored with the talent. Right. Yes. And by the way, I'm going to go one step further. I think Steph Diggs will end up getting traded in the offseason, too. I think he's going to end up being the last man standing. And the amazing thing is they did a lot of things right yesterday. Even at the end of regulation, after Jake Elliott hits that unbelievable kick, 59, 60 yards in the rain after Jason Kelsey, inexplicably, inexplicably, Hall of Fame player, has two false starts on the same drive as the center, which is just crazy to think. I think Sean McDermott and the Bills did the right thing with 20 seconds to go and a timeout saying, no, we're going to take a knee because this guy's a turnover machine. And they they don't trust him as much as they used to, and they're right to not trust him, which is why I say he's the reason they're always out of it because you knew something was going to go wrong. Didn't you watch that game? And I don't want to put words in your mouth, guys. But was there, let me so let me ask you this way. Was there any part of you that's watching that drive in overtime when the Buffalo gets the ball assuming that he was going to turn the ball over, which he didn't, but assuming that he would? No, 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 I wasn't actually. I, I didn't watch. And you know why okay. I didn't feel that way? I didn't feel that way because Buffalo was able to run the ball down the throat of the Philadelphia Eagles in, in the second half of that game. Like they had balance on the offensive side of the ball for one of the first times that I could ever remember in the Josh Allen era. They were running. They, I mean, they were absolutely gashing the Philadelphia Eagles. Once Fletcher Cox went out of that game, you could tell that when the Bills were able to sustain drives, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, those interior guys got a little bit tired. That offensive line started leaning on them. They started running the football, and that lends itself to getting a better version of Josh Allen. So I felt like in overtime they would at least be able to set up a scoring opportunity and if nothing else, be able to get a field goal. But the part that's maddening is that you had an opportunity to end the game. Right. And it was a miscommunication between him and Gabe Davis 
where you didn't score that touchdown when he was wide open in overtime. But it goes back to what we saw at the beginning of the fourth quarter when there was a miscommunication between Josh Allen and Gabe Davis. It ends up resulting in a turnover. There are too many instances where we see Josh and those receivers not on the same page. And the frustration from those receivers boiling over and and leaking into that locker room. That is my biggest concern now with Buffalo is can this team stay together? As much as we're worried about Josh with the turnovers, I'm equally as worried about the team chemistry with the Buffalo Bills because when you underachieve to this level, when you're the first team in the NFL through 12 games to have a plus 100-point differential and you have a 500 record, when you're the first team not to have a winning record with that kind of differential – it's hard for people in the building not to get fucked. Say it again, CeCe. Give those exact numbers because it's, it's They're the stunning. first team in NFL history to have a plus 100-point differential through week 12 and not have a winning record. Wow. They have outscored their opponents by over 100 points and don't have a winning record. Unbelievable yeah. stat that CC is giving you here. That is, of all the Josh Allen stuff that we can bring up, that may be the most overwhelming thing. But yeah. we're going to get your phone calls in coming up. Plus, upon further review, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, and the Dr. Pepper call in line. The Eagles and the Bills, clearly the game of the day yesterday. We're going to get to the Eagles part in a little bit. But Josh Allen is the reason the Bills are always in it. Or the reason the bills are always out of it. Upon further review, your phone call is coming up. But first, CC has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It still reeks of bacon, wrapped with bacon, with a side of bacon, after a long NFL Sunday. I love bacon, but I never actually say it. Bacon just knows. But man, does he have some thoughts. And bacon, this is Upon Further Review with Chris Ganty. Yes, it is time for a pond further review here on Unsportsmanlike with CeCe, Smalls, Evan, 
Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. We will get your phone calls in on the Bills-Eagles game. But upon further review, first with Mr. Canty. Oh, yes. Well, let's get this thing kicked off with the best game, in my opinion, in the 1 o'clock window. That had to be Jags-Texans. Now, I know what a lot of people are saying. Jags-Texans. Why are we talking about Jags-Texans? Well, there are two teams that are more likely than not going to be in the playoffs. And it just so happens that it's also two teams that have top 10 quarterbacks in Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud. And, guys, I can't remember the last time that we had a division rivalry set up with two young quarterbacks, one guy in his third year, one guy in his second year, and this was going to be a rival between top 10 quarterbacks over the next decade plus. I mean, you probably have to go back to Jim Kelly and Dan Marino in the AFC East and both of those guys being taken in the 1983 NFL draft. That was the last time we saw a division rivalry feature top 10 quarterbacks for the foreseeable future. That's where we are with C.J. Stroud and Trevor Lawrence. Now, T-Law got the edge in yesterday's game, being able to throw for a touchdown, also ran for a touchdown. C.J. Stroud, over 300 yards passing and multiple passing touchdowns. And yesterday, (laughs) C.J. Stroud became the first rookie in NFL history with 300 passing yards in four straight games. He now has six 300-yard passing games this season, trailing only Justin Herbert for most by a rookie in NFL history. This is going to be one for the ages. This is going to be a fun one. This is always going to decide not not only bragging rights for the division, but who has the inside track to have a top seed in the AFC overall. This is going to be fun to watch for the next decade. CC, that's an interesting one in the divisions. I hadn't thought about it that way. Because I'm thinking about the great quarterback rivalries. And, yeah, a lot of them, like Manning and Brady were in the same division for a year mm-hmm. when they weren't Manning and Brady, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. But that's the, yeah. that's the immediate rivalry you think of, and they weren't in the same division. Quick, specific question on that. Fourth and 12, 58-yard field goal to tie the game. They go with Matt Amendola to try to kick it. It's off the upright. Did you have an issue with that call by D'Amico Ryans? No, he had no choice. He had no choice. Now, I had no issue with how D'Amico Ryans managed the game. At the end of it, I, I did not at all. Um, it's just it's unfortunate that one team had to be on the losing side of that game. Hell, the best throw that C.J. Stroud made in that game didn't even count. It was an illegal shift, but it was a bomb to Tank Dell. That was an unbelievable play. But, I, I mean, both of these teams are going to go at it, and Trevor Lawrence told you post game that this means a little bit more just because they wanted to control their own destiny, and they realized if they had lost in yesterday's game – the Texans would be in the driver's seat for the division, not the Jags. Next. Browns at Broncos. Kevin Stefanski strikes again, y'all. Kevin Stefanski strikes again. Now, I said it last week, but I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. If he managed the game the way that he did against the Steelers in week 11, that the Browns would miss the playoffs. If he managed the game as poorly as he did against the Steelers in week 11, the Browns would miss the playoffs. Well, he did it again yesterday, guys. Not sure if everybody saw it, but he decided that he was going to call a flea flicker at the beginning of the fourth quarter with Phillip Walker in the game because DTR got knocked out of it by a roughing the passer call. Why, Kevin Stefanski? Why all the trickeration? Your defense is a little bit banged up. Your best player on your team, Miles Garrett, ain't right. Why would you open it up for Elijah Moore to fumble the bag on a flea flicker where he ends up turning the ball over. Why on God's earth would you do that? Your defense wasn't bad. 
They, I mean, they weren't. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. It was a 17-12 game. There was no need for it. But you turned it over, and then the Broncos cash in. Russell Wilson throws a dime, an absolute seed, to Adam Trotman in the end zone that, upon review, gets overturned, and it ends up being a touchdown. I just don't understand why you gift the opposing team point-blank scoring opportunities in a game that was a defensive struggle. It made no sense. It feels like the Cleveland Browns are hustling backwards because the head coach doesn't necessarily trust either quarterback. But if you made the decision to go with DTR, then you got to ride with him. Even if Phillip Walker comes into the game, this is a guy that's won you two games that he's played in. Why not give your defense an opportunity to flip the field, put him in a better situation? You didn't need to go with a flea flicker. You did, and it ended up costing you a game yesterday. The state of the Cleveland Browns is starting to come into focus a little bit more. Not only the quarterback, the Kevin Stefanski of it all, but and the turnovers, just the self-inflicted wounds. I didn't realize the disparity in the defense between home and away. They allowed 29.6 points per game on the road this season, 10.2 at home. So they're much better at home than they are away. And when you're having a defense that's supposed to be carrying you to victories, that's not great. And they have a massive injury now with Miles Garrett, yes. too. In addition to DTR, Miles Garrett came out there in a sling after the game last night. Not great, Bob. Not great. Next. (laughs) Patriots at Giants. Why the suspense for something we already know? (laughs) And Smalls, you know where I'm going with this. Evan does too. Bill Belichick is done in New England. (laughs) He's done. How much evidence do we need? I mean, how can with each loss, it's harder to justify keeping his job. It really is. I mean, the only reason that the Giants won that game yesterday, a game, by the way, where I was rooting against the Giants because I I won a higher draft pick, the only reason why the Giants won that game is because Mac Jones inexplicably throws a pick to Bobby Okereke that sets the Giants up in plus territory. I mean, deep in the Patriots' territory. It ends up being a touchdown. Isaiah Hodgins runs over the DB for the New England Patriots in order to get into the end zone. But it's inexplicable. The mistakes that we've seen from Mac Jones, he throws two picks. You bench Mac Jones at halftime. It's zappy hour in the second half. And even though he was able to put together a touchdown drive, it was really with short passes. You're talking about wide receiver screens, screens to the running back, nothing down the field. Nothing that resembles competent quarterback play. He ends up throwing a turnover, throwing a pick two at the end of that game. So it just and then for good measure, guys, for good measure, when you drive the ball down the field and you got it at chip shot field goal range, thirty yard field goal, your kicker, who's also a draft pick by Bill Belichick, ends up missing the kick. A chip shot shorter than an extra point. I just this team is not responding to Bill Belichick. It it, it doesn't necessarily feel like they have a plan when it comes to their overall identity. And if you fumbled the bag with developing Mac Jones, why on God's earth would you, if you're Robert Kraft, allow Bill Belichick to try to develop a franchise quarterback with yet another high pick? It doesn't make any sense. Either Bill Belichick, the GM, or Bill Belichick, the head coach, is going to put that young signal caller in a bad situation. Either way, you need to move on. Find a situation where you can have your head coach, your general manager, and your quarterback in alignment on the same timeline as your organization starts your rebuild. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks so much. I'm glad we uh, had time for that. That's great as a Pats fan. 
Don't it's, worry, we can talk about it again later. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, awesome, great. I you might not it. like it, but I mean, hit dog or holler, the truth hurts, I get it. Yeah, okay. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad. They are bad. You know, you are keeping company with the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. That is the state of affairs. That's not where you want to be with with that team. With with an owner of a team in Carolina screaming expletives in the locker room. That's not where you want to be. 888-SAY-ESPN is the telephone number to be a part of the show. And the Dr. Pepper call in line. A lot of people want to to weigh in on the Josh Allen uh, performance yesterday. He's the reason the Bills are always in it or the reason the Bills are always out of it. Plus, you have a pond for the review. And the Broncos are riding a five-game winning streak. We will get to all of that coming up after CeCe has this from Vivid Seats. Haven't been to an NFL game yet this year? What are you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle, every touchdown, every play live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans. That's why they offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, and more. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. I think the Broncos winning streak continues. I think they go and beat the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns are without a quarterback. Their quarterback, they have DTR. Their defense is unbelievable. But the Broncos are rolling right now. They've won four games in a row. They're 500. And I think that is what we're going to do and have the Broncos over the Browns. What are we doing? Why did we play that? We don't play it when we get things right on this show. How dare we? What's going on there? We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can give us a call on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Dr. Pepper inbox at Unsports ESPN. Josh Allen is the reason that the Bills are always in it or out of it. But you heard the conversation there about the Denver Broncos who go and win this weekend yesterday against the Cleveland Browns 29-12, a five-game winning streak after starting 1-5 and on the season. Russell Wilson is never asked to do too much anymore, but does a lot with what he is asked to do. Threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, had the great touchdown to Troutman in the end zone that CC pointed out, said that he threw a, a bullet to him in that end zone. Obviously, they reviewed it, and it goes in the Broncos' favor. All right, so I got to ask you, are we taking the Broncos seriously here as a playoff team, guys? I mean, you kind of have to, don't you? 
You really, you really said that confidently. Well, I guess the reason why I'm saying it that way is because I still want more from this offense. Now, yesterday they were able to find some semblance of a running game. I mean, they ran it 39 times for 169 yards. I mean, anytime you do that, you're going to give yourself a good chance to win. And a part of that running game was Sean Payton showing a willingness to use Russell Wilson on design runs, something that we didn't necessarily see Earlier in the season, we didn't see it last year with Nat Hackett. So I think that's an interesting recall that's kind of coming out down the stretch. And this is why they're trying to make a playoff push. But the reason why the Denver Broncos are winning games, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is because of their defense. And you, you would never have thought it after the defense gave up 70 points earlier in the season to the Denver Broncos. But this defense has 15 takeaways over the last four games. If you have 15 takeaways in four game in a four-game span, you're going to give yourself a damn good chance of putting together a win streak, and that's exactly what the Denver Broncos are doing. They've won five straight games after starting out one and five. There have only been four other teams in NFL history that have done it, and two of those teams made the playoffs. Two of those teams didn't make the playoffs. So it's a coin flip right now whether or not Denver is going to get in, but the way their defense is playing, if they can continue to turn over luck and Russell Wilson can play mistake-free football – even without a bunch of explosive plays, the Denver Broncos can win a lot of games. Is today Apology Monday for us? Uh, not you, Evan. I know you were high on Russell Wilson. You were high on the Denver Broncos this year. I feel like maybe it needs to be Apology Monday for me because I kept wondering which team this year is going to be last season's Detroit Lions, who started 1-6 and six and then went on that unbelievable run and ended the season 9-8. and eight. And We have our answer. It's the Denver Broncos. You guys just both outlined the stats. But I did not forecast this coming from this team, not only because of the carryover of the mess that we saw last year that was permeating with the team early in the season. I just didn't think Russell Wilson had this version of himself left in him. But I have to give all the kudos in the world to him because he fell in line with the Sean Payton program. And apologies to Sean Payton. I was familiar with your game, but I forgot. It was such a mess in Denver that I forgot how good of a coach Sean Payton is. And we were wondering if Russell Wilson was going to be able to focus less on Russ the brand and more on Russ the football player. And he's done exactly that. And it's paid dividends for him. Yeah, let's just say it this way. And I don't know that anyone could argue with this anymore. Russell Wilson is a coachable football player. Yeah. For a while, he seemed like he wasn't a coachable football player. I think you have to look at him right now and say he is a coachable football player because CeCe, as usual, is unbelievably reasoned in his analysis, right? He He did not take a shot at Russell Wilson, but also didn't say, oh, my God, can you believe this throw and that throw? Because you can't really do that because he doesn't have that. You said he's playing mistake-free football. That's not let Russ cook. That's let Russ not turn the ball over. Let Russ simmer. No, but but here's the thing. Russ also made a big time throw. I mean, he recognized the situation in the fourth quarter when his defense gets a big takeaway. They've got the ball deep in uh, in the in the Browns territory and he makes a throw that ends up resulting in a touchdown. Now, he put it only where Adam Trotman can catch it and he ends up. Uh, having that knee down and keeping the cheek out from being out of bounds, and it ends up being a touchdown upon review. So, I mean, Russell Wilson putting the football in that spot is keeping the ball out of harm's way, similar to what we saw up in Buffalo with Cortland Sutton when he threw that touchdown. He was It was a great play out of, off of the scramble, keeping the ball out of harm's way. Your receiver is the only one that can make a play out of football and capitalizing on the opportunity. It's what we want to see more from Josh Allen in doing. Bingo. Right? 
playing mistake free, like like recognizing the situation, knowing when to be aggressive, knowing how to be aggressive, and keeping the ball out of harm's way. That is what Russell Wilson is doing, and that's why sitting here today, I got more confidence that the Denver Broncos can punch their ticket to the postseason than the Buffalo Bills. I can't believe I'm saying that <laughs> for a team that started one and five and coming off of the disaster in 2022 that was Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson for that matter. I have more confidence in the Denver Broncos getting to the playoffs than I do the Buffalo Bills. Yes, sir. Let's go. Do you know how hard it probably has been for Russ to not say let's, let's ride? They, they're finally on cruise control. They've won five straight games. You know how pro- difficult it's probably been for him to not just drop a let's ride in there? He does at times, but not the way that he did no, previously, you know that's for that? sure. Uh, Chris in Massachusetts watching on ESPN2 on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. What's up, Chris? Good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Morning. Um, I just have an issue with the Josh Allen slander that I've been hearing probably for like since the beginning of the football season. Last I remember, the Bills have not had a quarterback since Josh Allen. Um, I've been watching the Bills for like 20 years now, and since he's been there, they've been nothing. They've been doing nothing but winning. If he wasn't there, they wouldn't be winning at all. And I know this again because I've been watching them for like the last 20 years now. Yeah, but, but Chris, you remember know, so. remember something. Hold on a second. You're calling a radio show, which we appreciate, that features a person that played 11 years in the NFL and won a Super Bowl and was a, an enormous contributor to the Giants winning a Super Bowl. Your definition of winning and CeCe's definition of winning look differently. And the expectations, and thank you for the call, around Josh Allen and the Bills, would CeCe theoretically resemble your version of winning, not this current version of winning. So I don't know how we call him a winner now all of a sudden. Well, the expectations get raised, uh, especially when you have a quarterback in his first three years take a team to the conference championship game. Shouldn't that be the lens that we view Josh Allen through? Shouldn't it be about championships? Shouldn't it be uh, on the same level as Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts? Shouldn't that be the way we judge him? I mean, that's if you the thing. think like, he's we, that great, we don't, yes, we don't, yeah. we don't, we don't judge. We didn't judge Peyton Manning or or judge Tom Brady on how many double digit win seasons they had or how many division titles they had. They got judged by how many championships they won. Period. Point blank. How many championships you got? How many MVPs you got? That's what we care about. And we talk about the narrative around winning MVP and how you have to have the right storylines, have something that's compelling. Well, a part of that is overall team success. How good is your team's record relative to everybody else? That's why Jalen Hurts sitting here today is the favorite to win MVP. He's got, he's got 29 total touchdowns, and on top of that, his team is 10-1. and one, And that's after starting last year 10-1. and one. We don't get enough of that from Josh Allen when it comes to, oh, hey, it's all good to have these gaudy numbers in the lead the league in QBR, but what do you do when it matters the most? Where's your competitive greatness? We, we've seen it. It, it. it hasn't been great. As a matter of fact, it's leading to earlier and earlier playoff exits. And so that's why I don't understand why everybody wants to be defensive about Josh Allen. When I say he's just good enough to get you fired, I mean, we just saw that. His offensive coordinator got fired a week ago or two weeks ago. So I, I just I don't understand why we have to stay in this place 
where we're so enamored with Josh Allen's talent that we defend bonehead mistakes that the quarterback makes at the most inopportune times. I know I know it's going to be hard for people to hear it this way, but everything that CC just did was a major compliment to Josh Allen because what happens here is, and I heard it forever, I was hosting in West Palm Beach on ESPN West Palm 106.3 talking about the Miami Dolphins, and it's like, oh, you think Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino because he won a title? No. Once you graduate into that all-pro, all-world, Hall of Fame category, you are then compared to your peers, and people graduated Josh Allen into that. And when you compare him to his peers relative to winning, like CeCe said with Jalen Hurts or even Joe Burrow, he loses. He just he's, he's not a winner like they are in that specific sense. All right, coming up, we'll go around the league. What's real? What's fake? We'll find out next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Real versus fake. We'll find out what storylines around the NFL are real, what are fake. Brought to you by Real Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying Real Christmas Trees at Lowe's or wherever Real Christmas Trees are sold. For more info, visit GetRealKeepItReal.com. We are in that Christmas season. People are buying their trees. And remember, when you buy the real trees, you are saving the jobs of the American Christmas tree farmers. When you buy the fake ones, there's less for them to do. They are then losing their jobs. Let's save the farmers. Let's get the real Christmas trees. Get real. Keep it real. Com. Smalls, what do you have for us? Don't look now, guys. The Colts, after a victory yesterday, 27-20 over the Bucks, are 6-5 and five on the season. Real or fake? Shane Steichen should be in the Coach of the Year conversation. Ooh. I'm going to say real if they make the playoffs. I mean, that's playing the results a little bit, but how can we not say that if we know the Colts, down to their backup quarterback, are contending for a playoff spot in the tougher of the two conferences. that That's the part that's surprising to me, especially when you consider that the Texans are in that division, the Jaguars are in that division. It's not an easy division to play in. And if you're Shane Steichen and you find a way to be able to get this team into the postseason, then you absolutely deserve to be in the Coach of the Year conversation. My answer to this on real or fake, I'm going to say real, assuming that CeCe's going to say yes on this. So I, I have a caveat on this. CeCe, if you are playing with your backup quarterback and you make your you make the playoffs, should that coach, regardless of who the team is, automatically be in the coach of the year conversation? I feel like he should, right? Uh, Anybody. I mean, so like Stefanski too, then I know you've been critical of him, but if they like just the conversation, I'm saying, not winning. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So then I'm absolutely. saying I'm saying light the Christmas trees you bu- you uh, buy. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is real. real. Yeah. That's, that's a real, real thing. 
I used a lifeline on that. I phoned a friend. <laughs> I phoned a friend. <laughs> well, good work. All right, let's keep it moving. The Bengals fall to the Steelers 16-10 yesterday. Real or fake, the Bengals are officially done. Go for it, CeCe. Take the oh, dollar yeah, that's, out. That's, that's realer than a heart attack. They're done. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's, it's done. I mean, and I said this after they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. I felt like it was over with for them then. Even though Jake Browning wasn't awful, uh, he, he wasn't able to do enough in that game yesterday. In the Pittsburgh Steelers, I was surprised as everybody else about what their new offensive coordinator, Eddie Faulkner, did in, in terms of being able to move the football. They had over 400 yards of total offense yesterday. And I know that it didn't translate into having the points, but I tell you guys this all the time. 100 yards of total offense should equal seven points. If you keep moving the football like that, then your offense is going to score points. But the more important lesson for that with the Steelers is you're going to get a better version of your defense because they're going to be rested because your defense is not going to be on the field for 33, 34 minutes a game. And I think that's going to bode well for them down the stretch in terms of them making a push for the postseason. Yeah, uh, the question is whether or not they're done, real or fake. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to DJ Hodge and everybody in Cincinnati, 1530, Mo Edgar, Tony Pike, everybody. Yeah, yeah, they're done. It's not their fault, though. I mean, Joe Burrow's out for the season. Maybe it's your fault. You started going on that Bengals bandwagon. I'm just saying, you started going on that Bengals bandwagon. You're making appearances with Mo Edgar. Everybody's like, oh, wow, Smalls is a Bengals fan. That happened. And then literally the next game, he's done for the season. That happened. Do not put that evil on me. If anything, I I am a good luck charm. My teams have had dramatic and improbable comebacks to win championships. (laughs) I am not bad luck. Don't you put that evil on me. Just saying. I, I also did go to the Jets game on Friday. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. There you go. And let's just say uh, the Jets beat themselves. Uh, and, well, the Dolphins are good, but the Jets Never want to beat yourself. Yeah. Oh, Never you really do just don't. All right. Uh, so, you know who continues to beat themselves? The Carolina Panthers, 1-10 on the seasons. They fall to the Titans, 17-10. to Real or fake? Frank Reich will be one and done in Carolina. You can't even get through the question. You can't even. We know the answer. The uh, owner screaming expletives. Smalls, when you're a team that routinely beats yourself, things are going to get messy, and it feels like that's what we're headed for with the Carolina Panthers. When you got the owner of the team shouting expletives outside of the locker room after the game, you know what time it is. The writing's on the wall. Frank Reich is likely going to be one and done. Uh, and and they're going to be looking for a new head coach. And I just keep going back to the opportunity cost for Bryce Young. Not only did you have to give up DJ Moore, not only did you pass on C.J. Stroud, but now you're in a position where you're going to have to pass on Caleb Williams and Drake May. Now, I'm not saying that any of those guys would have fared much better than the situation with Bryce in Carolina this year, but I'm just thinking about everything that they would have given up in order to draft Bryce, and based on where the trajectory of of his individual performances are in this team overall, it's hard not to have a little buyer's remorse if you're in Carolina. Real on, obviously, Reich being done. I do want to disagree, CeCe, on one thing. I do think that Caleb Williams would have been better than Bryce Young this year. I don't think necessarily they would have been a playoff team, but I think they could have won two games instead of one. Caleb, and C- what about CJ? CJ Stroud. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think obviously on that no, one. Right? A, I think obviously, yeah. Well, that's, that's, playing, that's really playing the results. Sure. I'm just going based on what you say, which is Caleb Williams got a little Mahomes in him. Well, Mahomes makes magic happen, right? Yeah. So uh, if I'm asking Caleb, could Caleb Williams have produced one singular additional victory? One. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Probably, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just saying.
Next one. But someone's going to have to take the fall for the Bryce Young decision, and it's not going to be the owner. It's no, even though everyone says it was Even though fault. it was the owner's decision, yeah. and Frank Wright told us as much. Yeah, yeah he did. And he <laughs> told us early, guys. He warned yeah. us early. The Rams beat the Cardinals 37-14. They're 5-6 and six on the season. Real or fake, the L.A. Rams are a playoff team. Oh, that's fake. That's faker than a $3 bill. Don't trust it. Uh, don't trust it. It's not real. It's not going to happen. They're not making the postseason. Now, listen, there aren't a whole lot of juggernauts that are in line to take those last two wild card spots in the NFC. But I do think that it ends up being the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks will probably have to contend with the Green Bay Packers, who coincidentally uh, had a situation where they had to play the Rams recently and then not necessarily want the way they wanted to, but here's the thing. I think that Green Bay has a chance with the way that Jordan Love is playing uh, to get into the postseason. I honestly do. And I think that the Rams are going to find themselves on the outside looking in. As of now, I would say fake. But the fact that it could be real this late in the season with kind of how the Rams have been up and down this year is a compliment to Matthew Stafford, and to uh, Sean McVay and Aaron Donald and the whole team there. Kyron Williams yesterday, their running back was unbelievable all over the field. 204 yards. Ridiculous. So it- I mean, Aaron Donald was causing a holding call every other play in that game. It was really unbelievable how he was wrecking shop. I just don't think they're good enough to get in. I and, just don't. And their schedule's hard. They do have the Browns at yeah. the Ravens. All right, Commanders to win. Home against the Saints at the Giants, but then at the Niners. And the Niners may need that game last game of the season, potentially for seeding purposes. So I think it's going to be very difficult relative to their schedule. Real or fake, brought to you by Real Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying Real Christmas Trees at Lowe's or wherever Real Christmas Trees are sold. For more information, visit Get Real. KeepItReal.com. Shout out to Cubby and Larry and everybody. Cubby's a huge Bills fan. Not happy this morning, of course, with his team's performance at the end there. Uh, GetRealKeepItReal.com for more information. I see a lot of people going at us on Twitter, which is great. Dr. Pepper inbox at on sports ESPN about our poll question. Josh Allen is the reason the bills are always in it or always out of it. Saying, Oh, they're destroying Josh Allen. Actually, we're not. I think that we've been very clear that Josh Allen played the kind of game yesterday for the most part that can win football games in this league, but down 24, 21, when you throw that interception and Jalen hurts comes right back, the leader in the MVP race right now and scores a touchdown that hurts. And then in overtime, when you have an opportunity to hit Gabe Davis and you don't, that is a major, major problem coming up. Is it over for Bill Belichick and the Pats? Was being bad in the cars for them all along? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.